T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on this Tuesday before Thanksgiving. I've already started to fast because I'm ready to eat, 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 and do some more eating on Thursday for Turkey Day and maybe do some drinking in there too. Up next, we're going to be drinking up some of the Joe Rose Show, talking Dolphins football and how they're going to finish the season with Omar Kelly. Didn't say finish the season strong, I said finish the season. Dan Lebitard show, got that useless sound montage that we all love, plus Stephen A. Smith, MVP, MVP, MVP. He'll be covering that right now. Let's cover some headlines. Behind Lamar Jackson's five TD passes, the Ravens down the Rams last night, 45-6. The Dolphins are home Sunday at 1 against nine-point favorite Philadelphia. The Heat remained undefeated at home this season, defeating Charlotte last night, 117-100. They play in Houston tomorrow at 8. Despite a recent leave of absence, Manny Diaz insists that QB slash receiver Tate Martell is still a hurricane. Miami takes on Duke Saturday at 3.30. Coming off a two-game losing streak, the Panthers look to rebound tomorrow night against the Capitals in D.C. at 7. Listen to it here on 560 The Joe. Derek Jeter says the Marlins will be quote-unquote responsible in the upcoming Major League Baseball free agency period, but... If the right guy is available, the team will go out and get him. Get your Turkey Day NFL viewing ready. The first game is Lions versus Bears at 12.30, then Cowboys-Bills at 4.30. Finally, the Saints take on the Falcons with kickoff at 8.20. UEFA Champions League play continues today with Juventus and Atletico facing off, while Real Madrid and PSG will do battle. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. (sighs) Ah. After shouting insensitive comments to an immigrant, a homeless Portland, Oregon man has been sentenced to write a 500-word essay on immigrants' plight in this country. Why was he sentenced simply to write an essay as punishment? Because Portland. A homeless man in Phoenix is facing felony charges after stealing another man's burrito. Why felony charges? Because Arizona. A group of New York City subway riders recently broke out a table, dishes, and food to celebrate Thanksgiving dinner on a train. Why? Because New York City. And finally, a New York-based cannabis company is offering to pay up to $3,000 a month to someone who's willing to smoke and review strains of its product. Dude, I finally found a job. Details on that job on my Twitter page, at Dan Day Radio. Now on the weather brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast is clear with temperatures around 70. For the best poker promotions in South Florida, visit Hylia Park Poker Room. Come win your share of $350,000 in monthly high-hand giveaways. That's more than $10,000 a day in high hands. Why play anywhere else? Visit HyliaPark.com for more info. You want some more info on the Dolphins and how they're going to play this coming Sunday and the rest of the season? Well, we've got you right here. The Joe Rose Show caught up with my man, Omar Kelly, to give you the rundown on Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson. Will they play the team's MVP thus far in the season? Who to blame for the Dolphins' running game? More PT for Josh Rosen. Who will be the first overall pick in the NFL draft? 
And Joe, he's crushing on Joe Burrow and Chase Young. A lot of stuff to get to with uh, with the Miami Dolphins. Wanted to ask you, by the way, real quickly. We got two tight ends and two healthy wide receivers right now. Do we expect Jakeem Grant or Albert Wilson to be able to play in this game, or do they bring somebody else up? I think they'll be bringing somebody else up. Isaiah Ford's a prime candidate to uh, be called up. Um, I also think it's a good idea for them to start claiming people off other teams' practice squads. Not just rely on the waiver wire, but try to find some talents that can help you by you know, poaching them off another team's uh, practice squad, a guy that they've invested in, want to keep, and, and see where that goes. I wanted to ask you, I'm just curious, outside of Ryan Fitzpatrick, who would be your MVP on this team that struggled all year? Ooh, um, pretty, clear, um, pretty clear cut to me. I, I'm just curious for you. No, it's it's pretty clear cut. Uh, yeah, definitely Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, uh, Jesse Davis, probably another candidate. I mean, he's played all year. He's He's played with an elbow injury. Actually, he hasn't played all year, so let's cancel that. Yeah, Devontae um, Parker, man. Oh, Devontae. That's a good one. Right. Yeah. Surprised Devontae's me, too, probably when having the most. Yeah, Devontae's probably having the best season out of everybody. I mean, he's like he, he has to average 61 yards for the rest of the season to get to 1,000. And let's knock on wood, hope he stays healthy. Um, Devontae should be very proud of what he's able to accomplish and, and what he continues to do. I, I was, it's definitely Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, no, no, no. Overall, Ryan Fitzpatrick, listen, what he's had to play with, whether it's no running game and limited time throwing, yeah, I uh, and the hits he's shake taken. the offensive line. Yeah. yeah, no question. And they've tried to shake it up a little bit here. How many of those guys would you have back? on that offensive line next year. How many guys, if you say, I've seen enough, I would have these guys as, as part of my first eight guys? I'm thinking uh, about three or four. Uh, I, I, I like, I like, I'm a Jesse Davis fan, member of the Jesse Davis fan club. I'm not necessarily certain that right tackle is the ideal spot for him. Maybe you put him making right guard. Uh, and then, obviously, Michael Dieter. I don't know if I'm a fan of Michael Dieter, but I, I think the investment that you've made in his rookie season, you got to continue that investment. Also, I, I'm, I think Daniel Kilgore is a good leader. I think he gets the job done. I don't think he's too expensive. Um, and I would like to try to create some kind of stability on my offensive line by, by, by bringing him back next year and having him serve as a leader of that unit. The running game or lack thereof, is there multiple mm-hmm. people to blame for this? Is it Belage? Is it the O-line? Like, mm-hmm. I just, it, it's it's remarkable to see the stats sometimes when you see Belage ran the ball nine times for nine yards. It, it just, I just, I can't even see that happening. Yeah, uh, it's not all on him, even though he is a huge problem with it. Um, he, it's the offensive line as well. Um, yes, they, they say it's also the running backs. It's a, I think it's coaching as well. I mean, you should be running more with your fullback. You should be running out of eye formation more. Um, I'm, I'm stunned that this team doesn't use eye formation because the Patriots certainly use eye formation. They certainly know how to use a fullback. And, and this is the organization that you come from. They are on pace right now. I know you guys probably don't know it, but they're on pace to set franchise low in rushing yards. I mean, we're talking about games where there were only 14 games in the season. Um, they're still on pace for that. They're barely going to get over 1,000 yards. They're, they're on pace for 1,010. That oh, 1,011, let me correct myself. That's sad, disappointing, tragic, but very predictable. Um, when you don't, you know, and, and that's my thing. You, you say you want to be a tough physical team, but you're, you're the furthest thing from it. Like, this isn't even close to a tough physical team. Um, they're quite finesse and, and quite timid. 
And I, I don't know if anything changes until you start putting resources into your trenches. And you know, I said this to you guys last week, and I firmly believe it. You know, seven of those 14 picks, if you're going to use 14 picks, they better be spent on offensive and defensive linemen because until you reinforce those trenches and stop getting pushed around, uh, you're going nowhere. That The saddest thing to watch in that Cleveland game is watching Cleveland's struggling offensive line consistently reset the defensive line. I mean, push them yeah. back four yards. That had to be the easiest game for Nick Chubb uh, and Hunt uh, that they played this season because they were barely, barely harassed. Yeah, they got pushed around pretty good. I actually surprised. If there was a surprise in that game, that was part I didn't expect. But once that started, I went, oh, boy, that secondary is yeah. in trouble. I'll play action. There are going to be guys running free everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't a, yeah. wasn't a good game. Yeah, you could see early in that game, and I'm sure you did, Joe, when when they were just getting line surge after line surge, and they weren't. And Baker Mayfield had all day to throw. There was probably what five plays where he was under pressure. Uh, you could just tell it was going to be blowout and an ugly one, and it, and it was. Hey, uh, let me ask you uh, about Josh Rosen. We were talking, and matter of fact, Andy Dalton got his mm-hmm. job back in Cincinnati for the last yeah. five. I, I I just have a feeling. I don't know. Nobody told me. I got a feeling. At the end of the season, Josh mm-hmm. Rosen's going to get a little playing time. Do you expect that still? Yes, and in fact, I will campaign for Josh Rosen to get back uh, uh, some get in there as a starter. Cincinnati, the December twenty second game is the absolute optimal time that we need to see Josh Rosen. Joe, we, we got. I'm we, with we you. Need to see what he's got. I know. I surprise and, you. I'm with you. I totally am with you. Let him play. At this point, and I, I know the tank has been very difficult to stomach and the tank has been very tragic, but at this point, the Dolphins, if you don't position yourself to get a top-two selection, this season has been a waste. And, and Chase Young is, is the ideal candidate that you should set your sights on because if you're going to get a guy like that in free agency, it's going to cost you $100 million. Why not just be a little bad? And and make sure you you get ahead of the Giants and make sure you stay ahead of the Redskins and and make sure you finish the season with two wins and and maybe even Cleveland I mean maybe even uh, Cincinnati gets a victory and and you you gotta you gotta you gotta get that second pick Joe you got to I am dying to see aren't you kind of curious to see how all these teams because we're not the only ones talking about hey play hard mm-hmm. but play with your worst guys you can possibly play with so that you lose the game pretty much is what we're talking about here. I'm really dying to see what what Washington's going to look like. How are they going to treat it? Cincinnati, uh, the Giants, and and see, because I think Joe Burrow's going to be the first overall pick, and Chase Young's going to be the second pick. Do you agree? I think we've got to calculate the fact that Cincinnati might be the worst-run organization in the NFL. I know Washington might might take that mantle, considering they don't have a scouting department. You do know that, right? Cincinnati does not have a scouting department. What? Their, their, their coaches serve as their scouting department. Come on! Over. That yes. can't be true. No, that I'm can't curious. be. No. Really? Look it up. Look it up. They don't have a scouting department. All right. Um, so they might just take Chase Young. I know they're they're desperate and starving for a quarterback, but they're probably one of the worst-run organizations in the NFL. So it's going to be a challenge uh, to, to sit there and predict what they're going to do. I, I think Chase Young is probably the number one talent in this draft, um, especially now that two is not available. And I, I'm hearing a lot of things from a lot of people in the league that – Hey, Joe Burrow, once you really get into the film, and I know he's got a great turnaround this season, he's more Dwayne Haskins than he is, you know, Andrew Luck. And that, to me, is going to be scary for a lot of people 
unless this guy just absolutely tears it up at the end of the season. He's got to tear it up at the end of the season. Tear it up in the SEC. Tear it up. How much more can he tear it up? He's tearing everything up. Omar, the best bet at this point. Omar, come on, man. But wait, the best thing at this point would be Andy Dalton goes back in, wins one or two games for the Cincinnati team. Mm Mm-hmm. And then at that point, yes. they, they get Tannehill into bringing him back for another year or two, maybe signing him to a one- or two-year deal. And they're then done taking, with that guy. But after they're putting done. him back in, they're like done. they're putting him back in. Who are like, you saying get Tannehill? Who, who, no, who get, get Tannehill. Get Tannehill. That's what I meant. Like, not oh, get Tannehill. Oh, where they give him another contract. Where, where you just fall you yeah. fall back you in love with the guy. Cause, no, 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 no. Don't worry. Tennessee's probably going to do that, Omar. Don't worry. Tennessee got oh, Tannehill yeah. also. Like, that's what's happening there. They're raving about him this morning. Tennessee's about to propose, baby. Right, Tennessee's they are. in love. Right, that, that's what's happening. That's what happened down here for a while. But I think with the Bengals at this point, since they put Dalton back in, the only way to counter that tanking job, and maybe they're not, is to get Rosen in there as soon as possible. Like, that's the minute I saw Dalton's getting his starting job back, I said the only way to counter that is to say Josh Rosen's a starter for the rest of the season. Um, I think Dalton has a better chance of leading them to a victory this season, so I, I, I like and support that Me too. That move. Loved it. Loved the uh, move. Uh, so you know, a bad team. Josh Rosen, yeah, they got a bad – Dolphins got a bad team too. Um, th- th- when you're not playing your best quarterback, you know exactly what you were going to do, and I think they realized either they were going to lose the locker room or he was going to lose his job and put Andy Dalton back Great in there. Point, Same by thing the way. That, That's a, that happened to the Dolphins. That's By the way, that is the best point when everybody sits here on the outside and says, there's nothing worse for a coach. You lose the whole team when they see clearly you're not playing the best guy at that driving yep. uh, driving the, the bus position and you're not playing yep. – you're, you'd have a big problem. That's a, that's a great point you make after really screwing up all your thoughts on Joe Burrow. You came back strong right there. <laughs> oh, man, you got to stop Joe on Joe in love. Burrow. Omar, thing, Joe's man. in love with Burrow. You're not going to get him off the hey, Burrow train. You know he's 24, right, Joe? Not I don't care. I don't care if he 40. went on a Mormon mission and he's 28 if he could throw like that. Okay. These guys playing I'm, their I'm 30s, with you, man. Joe. I'm with you, Joe. I, I think I, those I, two like, guys, like, and, and listen, I'm not saying I'm Mel Kuyper Jr. Jr. I always have to say that. Chase Young is a real deal. I totally agree. And that defense, listen, we haven't. I'm with you now. There's times when we don't have a pass rush, which has been all year. We haven't had a pass rush. Sometimes we blitz. We don't have a pass rush, and I'm going. You got nothing. That big yeah. Chase Young, be awesome. As he got three more sacks, like he gets right. now, he gets three sacks like every game. He's got like sixteen or seventeen, and I'm like, man, he would look good. Oh, outside. Yeah, no, he he would look really good, and he would address something that you can't fix. You're not going to be able to fix that this offseason in free agency. So, and then you, you know it's a roll of the dice with the draft. Your last two defensive linemen that you drafted. Don't last bring him up. Uh, don't, don't bring him up. Don't, don't bring him up. Two ones. Well, yeah, I got to bring him up. Joe. I got to bring him up. I got to bring him up. Omar, don't do it. Charles Harris, yeah, Jordan, yeah, oh yeah. You, you, you got to get the short thing. So you know, you got to finish the season strong. And when I say finish the season strong, I mean lose the final five games, position yourself um, to to lose to the Cincinnati Bengals by starting Josh Rosen. Um, and, and you know, it is at that tough point in the season. It, it is what it is. You, you just call it. Say you got to evaluate Josh. You got to evaluate and know what you got. And and even even Ryan Fitzpatrick would understand. I, and to be honest with you, the way Ryan has 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 been banged up at the end of the season, I'm pretty sure that he's not going to make it to the final two games of the season. I have so much respect. He took off and ran for a touchdown mm-hmm. again where you got to take somewhat of a hit, although he put a little move in there to get in. And I'm mm-hmm. like, and you see the reaction of the team. It's incredible the reaction he gets. These guys, like, they, he's almost like the coach telling, hey, let's keep going hard, boys, here. Let's have fun. Keep playing hard. Don't mm, quit on let's me. Have fun. Let, yeah. Let's get some points he, here in the second he, half. Make this look good. And they're all like, yeah. 
I know you watch them. I know you see them when you're on the road and you're in a team hotel, Joe. But to watch him in the locker room, I mean, he is like – he reminds me so much of Chad Pennington in terms of the Pied Piper where everybody just follows him. He's everybody's buddy. Everybody likes him. You know, he, he has this command over the locker room. And it's something that you – I've seen it twice now. Yep. I've seen it twice, and I want it. And I know Tua has it. I want that, Joe. I just want that. Yeah, Joe's it's, got it's, it too. It's so important. They're telling me Joe's got that too. You like too. I Who like told you Joe. That? The Cincinnati yeah. scouting department. Gotcha told me that's it. Wow. My new name is scouting. Right. And, and, and if scouting. anyone could do it, it's that guy. You're right. Yeah. I, yeah. Gotcha is a real big Joe Burrow fan, and and I. Well, he I wants us to take everybody on LSU's team. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but he he like he likes he likes Burrow over Tua. He he respects Tua, but he's going Burrow. And and you know hopefully he the Dolphins will be in position to to pick one of those two. Let's just hope that. Because I don't want to be standing out there with the third pick and, and having to take Georgia or Iowa's offensive lineman. Even though it would fix one of the major issues on this team. Um, Boy, do we disagree. We you just said we need offensive linemen. Now you're telling us not to take one of those big country-fed no, cats. No, it's just not. Dude, you can't, you can't be as bad as you were on intentionally to land a, a Laramie Tunsil when you just gave away Laramie Tunsil. Like, you can't do that. Well, how are you going like to fix it, it? What are you going to do? You think you're going to get a guy in the seventh round like Tunsil? No, no, no. Use one of your later first round picks. Like, no, you can't. We can't. We're not tanking for for uh, Larry Tunsil. Tanking for Thomas. I think that's the kid's name. The offensive lineman. All right. I hear the Iowa guards. Iowa lineman's better. Oh, there you go. So what, you who, are you, who are you talking to on all these guys? You decide Joe Burrow, who's had an unbelievable year and played the best competition. Where's all this stuff coming? Hey, we got to run, Omar. Thank you so much, man, for coming on here today. Thank you for allowing me to play my Mel Kuyper Jr. Jr. All right, Joe Burrow. <laughs> Goodbye. Gotta love Omar Kelly. Always got some good insight on the Dolphins. Gotta kind of like what the Dolphins have done this year. They've won some games, giving some hope, but also kept themselves in the whole draft picture. So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out. Something interesting in the NBA, a man named Luca up next. A man named Dan going to be taking a look at that here on the Best of the Joe Show. This is the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Give me that follow. Get into the day spa and all that other good stuff by simply going to my Twitter page, at Dan Day Radio. Dan, Dan, Dan's the man today. On this day, back in 1995, Dan Marino throws his record, or was a record at the time, 343rd touchdown pass. So, Dan Marino, if you're listening, happy anniversary and for all Miami fans happy anniversary right there Dan Marino my childhood hero because he was the only other Dan that I really knew no another Dan though in Miami in fact Dan Lebitard man Dan's all over the place Dan Lebitard earlier today he and the guys breaking down Luca the Great even better than Wilt the Stilt and King James plus the always useful useless sound montage the advanced metrics on Luka Doncic, Stugatz, are nuts. They're crazy. Bill Simmons was putting out, it's better than Will Chamberlain. And it stands to reason. I know he's been playing since he's 13 years old, but he hasn't entered his prime yet. Like, what is this going to look like? Because his advanced numbers are better than LeBron's. They're, it's, it's a bit crazy what it is that you're watching right now. 
and it's 20 years old. Yep, and it's a lot of fun to watch as well. I mean, what's it going to look like in his prime? I have no idea. How could someone answer that seven years but from now? But it's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible to even understand how he does that because of what, what Mike says about it's a bit of a Paul Pierce game where, and we're not doing this because he's white, although that's probably contributing to some of the perception of him. We're doing it because he doesn't look that athletic, and you can't do what he's doing without being incredibly athletic. When he gets to the hoop, it's slow. It looks plotting at times. He he does a great job of body leverage, and he gets great angles, but he doesn't look especially fast or or athletic out there yet forget the analytics the counting numbers are insane he's really good he's turned the franchise but what i'm saying is the analytics are even better like the counting numbers for jason tatum are pretty good right but the analytics aren't what i'm saying in the case of Doncic, his numbers advanced metrics are even better than the counting numbers it's just a classic example of when he touches the ball good things happen and he's touching the ball now every time they come down the floor well it's that steph thing i know steph is a bit flashier but there's no limit to his range and he could just step back from anywhere. And his he does numbers, it often. What I'm saying is that his advanced numbers are better than Steph's. And he's starting to feel himself a little bit, which is fun because he's talking smack on the court. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable to watch because you've never seen a player that looks like that on the court really dominate the game in the way that he has. Jokic is another one where it's just like, this is an anomaly. Yep. They turned that franchise in one offseason. Drafting him and getting Porzingis. One offseason. And it's not a European thing and it's not a white thing. I'm just talking like athleticism. As rare as the occasion where you see people this unathletic looking dominate a game. Well, usually when you see what's happening in both of these sports, football and basketball, where you see this guy somehow become the evolution of the sport at 20 years old, uh, and he looks and plays a lot differently than the guy who's revolutionizing football at the moment, where <laughs> you're you're getting maximum athleticism from somebody who is on a football field, where we know all those people are great are great athletes, even the 300 pounders we know are great athletes. And how often do you see a guy who's just appreciably? It reminds me of sort of Deion Sanders playing quarterback, where you're watching somebody and you simply know that he's a better athlete than everyone he's playing against. It's like Bo Jackson at quarterback. It was where, Michael Vick before he got hurt. It's just these guys. I know they. He's blessed. much better than Michael Vick. Yeah. got it's not Michael Vick. He's much no. better. No, than but Michael in terms Vick. of being the best athlete on a field full of world class athletes, Michael mm-hmm. Vick stood out in a way that Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson stands out. Mm-hmm. But he is he is beyond Michael Vick. He is doing things that uh, that no one's ever done, <laughs> that don't have a precedent. And what they just did to the Rams last night—I mean, I guess what it, I, I guess the greatest compliment you can give them is that they spent the off season telling you what they were going to do. Belichick had the off season to prepare for what they do. Belichick's clearly got a championship defense, and he put thirty-seven on them. Too. Like everyone in that league has to be terrified mm-hmm. of playing that team. Belichick didn't show him all the cards. Trust me. Useless <laughs> sound montage. Billy, how did it go this week? How terrible was it? It wasn't fun putting together, but guys, one of our old friends is back oh, and he was God. ready this week to put on a show. And I'm talking <laughs> about none other than our good friend, Mike Tomlin. Yes. <laughs> When we win, we win as a team. When we lose, we lose as a team. And today we lost as a team. Outside of a couple times, they didn't get us too many times. I stand here and I say I coach like Yeah, obviously no excuses, but you know, certainly the weather played had an impact on both offenses. It's really hard to handle the ball. It's not about, you know, what the adversity is, it's what you do with it. I think Odell and Baker did a good job of being where they were supposed to be when they were supposed to be there. I looked everybody in their eyes in that in that in that huddle and uh told them we're gonna do it. 
We did. My thought was that we were in four-down territory. So really, second down was really like first down. It's exciting. You know, it's, it's butterflies. It's, um, but it's also, it's confidence. It's, um, it's unity. There's three parts to it, right? You need to snap, you need to hold, and you got to kick. We're just trying to come out and continually try to improve each week, each day, each practice, each meeting, each play. You know, we really, I couldn't even tell you how many we've won. I know we've won one in a row. Overall, a win is a win. You can't control it. I mean, you just got to evaluate your own gut. I think we have unwavering belief. We believe in each other. Um, we believe in our system, believe in what we're doing. To get all these wins has been a great thing. We just have to focus on what we need to do as players and coaches, as a football team, to get ready for the next challenge. Uh, I've always said the most important play is always the next one, no matter good or bad. I don't prepare for failure in that way. Uh, I don't. I prepare for success. There you um, go. Uh, like all, you guys hear me say all the time, I always got a hardcore plan, but I'm light on my feet. Yeah, we got to get over the hump. Simple as that. Um, fortunately, in some way, we still control our destiny. Can this be a learning experience? I, I hope so. We got our butts kicked. There's no other way around that. Hopefully it's an eye-opener. You know what I mean? What is, what isn't? He was on a pitch count. I think every loss is a test. <laughs> whatever time of the game that was, um, was whatever time of the game that was. Yeah. This is the down that you want to put the Ravens in. Second and long. Takes the threat of the run away, even though they still may run it. They didn't make a lot of plays today, but, boy, they, they put their hand in the pile. And, um, you know, we don't underestimate that, the difficulty of getting on a moving train. It wasn't our best game, and by far it wasn't their best game. And quite honestly, it wasn't New York's best game. And, and so it is what it is. You know, you never want to hear it, but, you know, it is what it is. Minka got on a train here this thing, and there's more than... Um, put his hand in the pile. Credit the Jets, man. I mean, uh, you know, they're they're part of the story today. It's not all uh, how poorly we played, although we didn't play very good. We got the necessary <laughs> win for the week, and uh, we'll gather ourselves and, and plan for our next opportunity, uh, such as life this time of year in the National Football League. Um, but thankful to get the job done today. My class is full as hell, and it's going to get real full in a minute. How did this compare to your dreams? Man, I can't tell you. You know, um, I never had dreams about it. Duck came in and provided us to the spark, made a couple plays. Uh, we'll see what next week holds next week. But I like the contributions of Duck. What uh, What were the ringing endorsement? What was the ringing endorsement that Tomlin gave the Duck here as he changes uh, benches Mason Rudolph? He said he's not going to talk expectations, but he expects Duck not to kill us. So that's that. That's his analysis of it. I expect Duck not to kill us, unlike Mason. Has not killed us. <laughs> I love my Tomlin, man. I really love useless sound. It makes my life useful. Tonight, making myself useful, going to be doing trivia at Duffy's Implantation on University. If you got some time, come on by around 9 o'clock, answer some questions, win some gift cards, have some fun. If not, hey, get yourself ready for Thanksgiving. Get your liver, get your stomach, get other parts of your body ready, depending on how much you're planning on eating and drinking. Should be a good one. Gobble, gobble, gobble up. Next, going to gobble up some Stephen A. Smith. He's talking MVP, MVP, MVP on the Best of the Joe Show. Back for the third segment of the Best of the Joe Show, where we run back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Stephen A. Smith, he's fired up. He doesn't care that it's the holiday season. He's not showing love, although he is kind of showing some love to some, but also throwing some shade in other directions. So here he is talking MVP, MVP, MVP. Who is the NFL's best quarterback? Ready for Ravens versus San Francisco? Rams look like chumps, golf goes to the bank, and Lamar Jackson speaks. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new candidate for league MVP honors. His name is Lamar Jackson. I was a little bit late to this party because I'm a bit particular about how I like to crown people in certain respects. 
Lamar Jackson has been absolutely sensational. Nine and two as a start of this season, completing nearly 60%, actually 67%, 66.9 to be exact. 24 touchdowns, just five interceptions, a quarterback rating of 111.4. This dude is something special. And when you take into account the fact that the Baltimore Ravens have the number one offense in the NFL, led by the number one rushing attack in the NFL, courtesy of their second leading rusher. Oh, I'm sorry, their leading rusher, which is Lamar Jackson, who's got a 876 yards rushing on 124 carries this season. What can you say? What can you say? That's nine games, 124 carries. Do the math. When you look at it, that's nearly 14 carries a game. This dude is going to run with the football. He is going to be formidable with that running attack. And it's literally paralyzing defenses throughout the National Football League. And when you look at what has transpired, just take this into account. He dropped 30 on the Seattle Seahawks, 37 on New England, 49 on the woeful, hapless Cincinnati Bengals, 41 on the Texans, 45 on the Rams. And as we look at this here, against the Miami Dolphins, against the Cincinnati Bengals, against the Houston Texans, Against the Los Angeles Rams, they have beaten at least four teams by a minimum of 34 points this season. They're in the midst of a seven-game winning streak as we speak. They are steamrolling over the competition. Lamar Jackson has beaten Russell Wilson. He's beaten Tom Brady. He's beaten Deshaun Watson. And now he's beaten Jared Goff. He's the league MVP right now as we speak. Can't deny it. Do I think that makes him the best quarterback? No. Because I think your ability to throw the football standing in a pocket, if you didn't have your mobility to rely upon, tells me about you as a quarterback in terms of your ability to fling that football. Not about whether or not you can win. Not about whether or not you're an incredible athlete behind center and you can make some things happen. I understand that the game has changed and all of that has come with it. But when I think about a quarterback, the first thing I'm thinking about is your ability to fling that football. And maybe we should all be thinking different, thinking differently based on what we're seeing from Lamar Jackson. If I'm Deshaun Watson with his running ability, if I'm Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans, I might have to emulate this a little bit more. Even though Russell Wilson was at the top of my list for league MVP honors until last night. If I'm Russell Wilson, I got to think about how effective Lamar Jackson is running the football and say to myself, you know what, maybe I should be doing something like that. I got to be thinking about all of that. But ladies and gentlemen, this kid is spectacular. There is no way around it. There's no way to deny it. This brother is something special. And we're going to learn a lot about him this Sunday, 1 p.m. Boy, do I wish this was a flex game for the NFL and they could put this on Sunday Night Football because this is clearly the game of the week. The Baltimore Ravens versus the San Francisco 49ers, which I believe is a better than 50, 50 to 50 proposition that these two teams meet in the Super Bowl in Miami. I'm telling you right now, that's how I feel about it. Because San Francisco with that defense and with that ability to get at almost any quarterback – what happens if you got to chase this brother around? It'll be real interesting to see what can, that could happen. And then let's not underestimate Baltimore Ravens defense and how much they've been pummeling opponents and the way Kyle Shanahan has been calling plays, misdirections and otherwise, and how formidable San Francisco's offense has been with Breida and Tevin Coleman as your running back, with Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders and George Kittle, either at the wideout or the tight end spot, making porn star Jimmy, a.k.a. Jimmy Garoppolo, Look like an all-pro. We can't ignore that either. 
This collision course seems to be imminent, although we all know that the Patriots have ruined stuff like that before. It would have surprised us if they did it again. When we all know that Patrick Mahomes is that kind of stud, and he could ultimately end up ruining things. Although I would say this to you, Baltimore's defense is better than Kansas City's defense. And if you're talking about a team having a chance to really deliver the goods and win it all, could you imagine the way the Baltimore Ravens look right now? Lamar Jackson running the football the way that he's running the football and throwing with the degree of accuracy that he's throwing the football. Could you imagine what he'll do to Kansas City's suspect defense? I don't even want to think about it. I don't even want to think about it. All you can hope for in a Ravens versus Kansas City matchup is that Patrick Mahomes with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and the crew step up offensively and be prepared to drop 50. Because that Kansas City defense, they are not stopping Lamar Jackson. The Patriots have arguably the number one defense in football. Lamar Jackson dropped 37 on them. And I say Lamar Jackson, but I don't want to sit up there and just poo-poo what I'm seeing from everybody else. This kid, Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, he had a couple of touchdowns last night. Five receptions for 42 yards. Mark Andrews, Miles Boykin, they're nothing to sneeze at. But this kid, Mark Ingram, who used to star in New Orleans, are you watching him run the football? He's so busy raving and talking about Lamar Jackson that everybody's forgetting what he brings to the table. A power running back. 15 carries, 111 yards. This brother's balling. And meanwhile, while we're on it, Sean McVay's Los Angeles Rams look like trash. Let's just call it what it is. They got blitzed last night. Jalen Ramsey getting into a beef for Marcus Peters. Listen, I'm usually not for that, but I would tell you this. A lot of us have not given Marcus Peters the appreciation he deserves. He had moments where he struggled in LA and you get, you put him out like, like it was, like he was yesterday's trash. And he comes back on Monday night football in the very stadium where he's been playing for the vast majority of the last two seasons and they wax y'all the way that they do. He should be talking trash. He should be talking trash, especially since you gave him away basically because you said we don't need it. We got Jalen Ramsey and I think Jalen Ramsey is a stud. And I don't think yesterday was on him. It wasn't the passing attack of the Baltimore Ravens that beat the Los Angeles Rams last night. It's the running of the football by Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. That, to me, was more on Aaron Donald and that front seven than it was on the Jalen Ramseys of the world. But the real culprit in all of this is all L.A.'s offense. Where the hell is it going? Since Sean McVay showed up in the Super Bowl and got out class, and I'm a fan of Sean McVay's, but since he showed up in the Super Bowl and got out class by Bill Belichick, Their offense hasn't been the same. It's like everybody's gone in the film room and watched the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl against the Los Angeles Rams to figure them out. And the Rams can't get around it. Todd Gurley clearly doesn't look the same. Six carries for 22 yards. This is Todd Gurley we talk about, y'all. This is the dude that we're watching literally do commercials as we speak. What the hell has happened to him? This is so bad. There's no way around this. Todd Gurley does not seem anywhere like the Todd Gurley in the early part of last season, or the entire season before that. It's not the same guy. And Jared Goff, I can't believe I'm saying this, Jared Goff looks like he's playing for Jeff Fisher. Jared Goff looks like he's playing for Jeff Fisher. He don't look like he's playing for Sean McVay. He looks like he's playing for Jeff Fisher. 26 to 37, 212 yards, two sacks, two interceptions, no touchdowns. He looks like a shell of himself. He just looks completely lost out there. Just weak. Ain't nobody trying to listen to him. Nobody's thinking about him. Doesn't seem like anybody has any faith in him. Nothing. Jared Goff just got $110 million in the offseason. How come nobody's bringing that up? We got a guy in Dak Prescott that ain't even been paid yet. Dak Prescott is playing for $2 million. 
Two million dollars. Two million dollars. Carson Wentz, who's been awful this year, is getting thirty-three million. Dak Prescott, Ben Roethlisberger is hurt. He's getting paid thirty-four million dollars. Jared Goff is getting some player where paid in that ballpark. Dak Prescott get paid two million dollars. Two million dollars. But Jared Goff somehow, some way, is getting paid. Ain't nobody talking about that. And I, I really have a problem with that. I really, really do. Somebody needs to break this down to me. Jared Goff, in early September, agreed to a record contract extension with the Los Angeles Rams. That's what the report said. $110 million guaranteed. That's what the report said. Terms of the deal were not disclosed, but it is worth $134 million with a record $110 million guaranteed. And a person with knowledge of the situation said, Goff had two years left on his contract making the total value of the package worth $161 million. $161 million. $161 million. And he go out there on Monday Night Football playing like that. I mean, come on. We ain't going to say anything about that. We ain't going to acknowledge that. His cap charge this year is at $10.629 million. The cash payout that he got this year is $26 million. Annual contract value is at $33.5 million. And he go out there and play like that. Y'all ain't got nothing to say about that. Jared Goff get paid $110 million. $110 million. I mean, you can't ignore this stuff. What the hell is that about? But Lamar Jackson's balling. Dak Prescott, he's been up and down. We understand that. But he only get paid $2 million. $2 million. I mean, come on. Somebody got to say something about this. Y'all ain't, I'm not, I'm going to. I'm telling you that right now. Lamar Jackson. Salary cap charge, $2.152 million this year. You know he's getting paid cash payout? $910,000. $910,000. There are assistant coaches we don't even know getting paid more than Lamar Jackson. Annual contract value, $2.367 million. Fully guaranteed Jared Goff, $110 million. Lamar Jackson, $8 million. Something's got to give, man. Something's got to give. Somebody got to say something about this stuff. So I'm going to. This was the Lamar Jackson talking last night, not thinking about the MVP at all. Listen to what he had to say. It's okay, you know, but I'm trying to win the Super Bowl, and we taking the game at a time. I'm not worried about MVP, you know. If it come, it come. I'll be satisfied, but I'm trying to win the Super Bowl. That's, that's a team award, and that's what I want. You know who annoyed me to hear from? Eric Weddle. Y'all remember that Ram safety, the guy that used to play for the Baltimore Ravens, that sat up there and said, that he wasn't going to help Sean McVay or the Rams with the game plan because he didn't want to be disrespectful to his former teammate, even though he's getting a check from the Los Angeles Rams right now, wearing their uniform. Listen to what he said after the game about how difficult it is to play against Lamar Jackson. Nothing changes. I know, you know, we tend to think that. (laughs) You can't emulate it. How are you going to practice it? Lamar is the fastest guy on the field. And now you you got it. Obviously, I'm a little frustrated. No, don't don't take it. It's just uh, he's he's an MVP for a reason. Can I ask y'all a question? Is it just me? And I want to preface my comments by saying Eric Weddle is a pretty damn good player who has a solid reputation in the National Football League. But considering the fact that he went into the game saying, I'm not going to help my team. I'm not going to disrespect my former team that way by talking about what they do schematically. Basically showing that his loyalty was with them just as much as it's with the team that he's playing, who's paying him, by the way. And then you listen to this sound. Play that again for my listeners. Play it again. 
<laughs> you can't emulate it. How are you going to practice it? Lamar is the fastest guy on the field. And now you, you got it. Obviously, I'm a little frustrated. No, don't, don't take it. It's just uh, he's, he's an MVP for a reason. Does that sound like a guy that you want to play with going up against Lamar Jackson? I mean, talk about a guy that just gave a concession speech. Now, if you hadn't said anything before the game, and those were your comments after the game, I got it. But the fact that you said what you said before the game, and you did what you did before the game, and then they'll express those afterwards, and I can highlight your missed tackles last night. I mean, damn, did you want to play? Did you want to compete? Now, if Eric Weddle was listening to this anyway, I'm not disrespecting you, bro, in terms of your resume or your capabilities. I'm saying that your words before the game, in concert with your actions during the game, and your soliloquy after the game, you are not a person that I want to play with against Lamar Jackson. I mean, what is that? In football, because of how violent it is, how many times do we hear guys saying, you got to find guys you want to go to war with. I mean, guys you want to go to war with. You want to go to battle with. But could you imagine if somebody like a Ray Lewis or somebody was his teammate? Could you imagine that? How do you say that and then go out and get trounced and then in a post game go like this? What are we supposed to do? How, how do you defend it? He's the fastest guy on the team on the, on, the, on the field. As my producer says, waving a white flag before you had to. Just embarrassing. Good Lord. Not going to lie. Got to love some of the Ravens and Lamar Jackson action going on on the football field. Hopefully, though, my Saints will be the best team this season. Of course, I am originally from New Orleans. My name is Dan Day. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. And if you're on the Internet and you're looking for a podcast for this show or any of the shows that you hear on this radio station, whether it be Joe Rose, Dan Lebitard, Stephen A. Smith, Hawk and Crowder, get your podcast wherever you get your podcast for absolutely free, the radio.com app for absolutely free, or you can go to our website, wqam.com, and download those podcasts for absolutely free. And share me with your friends. I can spread myself pretty thin. Go ahead and do it. I'd like it that way. Uh, That sounds kind of weird. But nonetheless, you know what I mean. Just go ahead. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Going to get out of here. We're going to do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it again with the best of the Joe Show tomorrow night and every weeknight from 6 to 7 right here on 560 The Joe WQAM. This is the best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.